Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Good morning. This is Nancy Pelosi. Just kidding. It's George Severus. And I have two huge announcements. One is that my show at the Bell House featuring Moss Periconi and Estrophallic is this Friday on February 2nd. And according to Eventbrite, which I just checked, there are only a few tickets left. So get them while you can. And then the second announcement is that we are finally doing our biannual earnestness bonanza. And this year we're doing it for Valentine's Day. So if you have questions for me and Sam that you want us to answer earnestly and humorlessly and from our deep or the deep wells of our hearts, then please send those questions to stradiolab at gmail.com. They can be Per questions for us. They can be questions about your lives. There can they can be. You can solicit advice. You can ask us about. I'll say it: politics, culture, the economy, foreign policy. You name it. So honestly, we would love to read your questions and we would love to answer them. I'm looking at some that have come in recently and they are juicy, juicy. So let's get some more in there, folks. All right, love you. Enjoy the show. Podcast starts now. <sighs> um, today is a red letter day uh, because oh. we are recording. And, mm. you know, in the grand scheme of time, those days come uh, but once in a while. And so I'm taking... You know, it's like, my, it, it's like my fourth grade teacher used to say, when you have a disappointment or something, it's just a dot on the wall of life. Have you ever heard mm. that before? So powerful. I've never heard it's that powerful. in my life. You know... Why you know does the wall else, of life though? have so many dots? Well, exactly. Or does it have? <laughs> well, that's the question. Of course, is if you zoom out, do you is is the point that you see a lot of dots and they all look sort of the same, or is it that most of the wall is blank and there and are just a, a few and imperfections it's, and it's glaring? And you're saying, I wish I didn't have that dot there. 
That's sort of the metaphor falls apart for me. If it was saying it's a fleck of paint uh, of that matches the rest of the wall, I'd say then that's beautiful. But a dot on the wall, a dot on the wall of life. I mean, it is still a dot. I mean, I I would be much more comforted if 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 the saying was, it doesn't matter at all. I but a dot in the wall of life, it is still there. And are we talking permanent marker? Are we? Ta- is there any way to change it? Yeah. Do I still have the paint that I could cover up the dot with? How big is the wall? Because a wall can actually be small. A wall doesn't have to be large. Let's say we're talking about my bedroom wall. I don't have the biggest bedroom. You know, you put a dot on there. <laughs> you're gonna be. You're gonna see that as soon as you walk in. It's actually all I'm gonna think about for a while. And in that sense, you're almost like, all right, well, if I have one dot I and there's no way to get rid of it, I should have many so that at least it can seem intentional, which of course sends the wrong message because then what are you <laughs> going to do, go around making mistakes all the time? I would rather die. I mean, if there's Absolutely. a dot on the wall and if there are multiple dots on the wall, I'm looking into moving. I'm saying my time here is up. But then if, again, if the wall is the wall of life, <laughs> That's the how, exactly, <laughs> how exactly are you going to move to a different life? Exactly. You're going to have to jump off a cliff. Yeah. So that's pretty unfortunate. You know, my I had a teacher that had one of those posters that was supposed to be inspirational that was like, 20 years from now, you won't remember what jeans you wore or who you talked to or like blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is actually really not inspirational. This is actually quite sad. You're actually pointing to something really big, I think, which is that so many inspirational posters for like high schools or um, you know, doctor's offices, whatever, are actually deeply nihilistic. Mm-hmm. Like even when you look at the one that's like the whole galaxy and it's like, you are here. It's like, well, don't tell me I mean nothing. <laughs> it doesn't help. It doesn't, it doesn't actually, help at all. I'm looking for purpose and meaning. So stop telling well, not me I'm just meaningless. That. Yes. And then by the way, if you're at school, the whole point is you're supposed to be like building your personality, learning things, doing well, preparing for college, not to be, you know, my mother. Well, but you can't take, if you, you can't go take it through it, life, yeah. <laughs> if you go through life, saying, I'm just a speck in the galaxy. It's just a dot in the wall of life. Well, it's like, well, what's the point then? What are you trying, what are we teaching these children? Again, we're teaching them to jump. I think- We're teaching them to jump or to be a complete nihilist. Yeah, yeah. And we wonder why depression is We're saying, Nietzsche, God is dead. God is dead, (laughs) Nietzsche. Yeah. I, you know, I actually do have to say to this point, um, there was a groundbreaking moment when I was in college when I was like, oh, no one cares about me. Maybe I can now come out of the closet. Mm. Like in a in an empowering way because I I thought <laughs> totally. because in my mind I was like okay if I'm gay that's going to be the New York Literal Times will be doing a profile on like how this could have possibly happened and yeah. it'll be the talk it's of gonna the town. Say, it's going to say who's this faggot by Maggie Haberman. <laughs> yeah, and the picture would be sad. It would be me like staring at a wall in the dark, mm-hmm. and um, I I couldn't put up with that. But then the groundbreaking moment was being like oh no one cares. I'm actually not going to make press because um well, of course i don't have a following but here's the flip here's the flip side of that yeah. imagine you came out and literally no one cared mm. that would be really sad <laughs> you want a select number of people to care yeah maybe you want your family to care but in a positive way maybe you want potential romantic partners to care but you don't want to you know if a tree comes out in the forest and doesn't make a sound is it really gay that's a great point if no one cared you never came out yeah Damn. It's really, so much of life actually comes down to the right number of people caring. (laughs) I think that's really genius. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Now I'm like at a complete, I fully run out of stuff to talk about. Can you believe that? Well, I can tell you. I'm like, well, that was perfect. We have nothing else to say. (laughs) 
No, I just came. Did I tell you I, w- I was at a baby shower today? Yeah. I was at a baby shower today. Yeah, and, you said um, I was at a baby shower today, so I hope I don't have stuff in my teeth. Yes, I did I, say it, that it, because it, it was a delicious brunch, family style brunch. Got it, got it, got it. And um, two things I want to say. First of all, you know, there were a lot of, uh, it was a very inclusive shower in the sense that there were all genders and in fact, all ages. A lot of, there were a lot of mothers of friends of the bride there. That doesn't sound very groundbreaking to me. When you said all ages, I thought you meant there were some like 22 year old party girls there. Oh no, but that would have been honestly iconic. Yeah. But I was sitting with a couple of moms and this is my impression of all the moms at this, at this baby shower. You know, you go out these days, they're putting cumin in desserts. (laughs) None of my business. (laughs) Huh? Did you, um, argue with them at all? No, I actually was agreeing with every single thing they were saying. Um, but I, there was, you know how they have activities at baby showers. This is actually maybe my first baby shower ever, but they had us decorate bibs. So they gave you markers, like little colorful permanent markers, and you decorated a bib for the baby. Wow. And um, I, mine was pretty good. I can't help but feel that um, I'm not feeling, we're both feeling very uh, family first today. You're Mm -hmm. at a baby shower. Um, I got lunch with my cousin and brother. Um, You know, what happened to us being sort of radical artists? I know it really is tough. It's, it's, we're, you know, can I tell you something? Last night I went to your boyfriend's birthday party. uh Uh-huh. Okay. Gay guys. At a gay bar. <laughs> guess when I got home. Guess when I got home. 1120. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that hurts. The way I am 65 years old. It's a bummer. I mean, I f- was falling asleep watching Survivor on a Saturday night at midnight. And I said, I can't even. It was the finale. I couldn't finish it. I said, I'll save it for the morning. Mm-hmm. I woke up at 7 a.m. today. It's a Sunday. That is insane. Well, you're also going through a... You're doing sort of a dry January uh, against your yeah wishes. I'm 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 doing everything I'm doing right now is against my will. Uh huh. I'm <laughs> never has never has someone got a desirable writing job and complained this much. <laughs> That's true. Actually, I'm kind of pushing the boundaries. It is sort of crazy. <laughs> I'm, of course, grateful for all opportunities. But that being said, I had to move to L.A. I was gunned to my head, had to move to L.A. Um, Every the apartment I'm in, you know, it's against my will entirely. Um, Every meal I've had has been forced down my throat. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is. (laughs) And and this lifestyle is it's. And where can people donate? (laughs) Subscribe to the Patreon, babes. Please subscribe. Honestly, if people could subscribe to the Patreon, that would be really helpful for me (laughs) at this juncture, much more than Sam. No offense. Yeah. (laughs) I would really love that. No, I don't know. I I, I actually left our recording yesterday and I was like, am I entitled? Like, is there some, what is it? What's the word for what I have? It's not entitled. It's, you know, it really is part of your charm. It's a specific type of it's not entitlement at all because it's not like what you're, what you want is something. So, you know, you want to live in a skyscraper in Manhattan, (laughs) right? Like actually you want your simple life with your beloved partner in Bushwick and your dog. You don't, it's not like you want these huge things and you're like, I deserve to live in a mansion. It's just that you 
don't want anything to change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I don't know how to, you know what it actually reminds me of? It's like, I moved around quite a bit as a kid, as did you. And it reminds me of just like, being so annoyed that things are different because you're living in a new city and there's nothing you can do about it because your parents are the ones in charge. When I was a kid, though, I enjoyed moving around. I was sort of, I liked reinventing. I liked like being like, what will my vibe at this school be? I found that to be very fun. Um, But don't you think, though, like if you were in psychoanalysis, potentially the analyst would say the reason why you have sought out such a stable adult life is to overcorrect or not to overcorrect, but to correct for the fact that there was so much change when you were young. Well, yeah, if, if I was being psychoanalyzed, if I was, if, if they were riffing, if they were looking at the most obvious things, of course, that's what they'd say. Well, honey, welcome to psychoanalysis. <laughs> Turns out anyone can do it. Oh, quite literally. <laughs> um, yeah, they'd probably say that, but I can't tell. Okay. So I'm not entitled. That's good. I just hate change. Uh- are you like, um, would you say you're making an effort and you can tell me to stop talking about this whenever, but would you say you're like conscious, you're waking up every day and you're like, I'm going to make an effort to do these three things to like embrace my new surroundings. Or are you sort of like enjoying wallowing in, uh, sort of being a little ticked off? Okay. I will say I'm enjoying being a little bit ticked off. I think I'm yeah. enjoying wallowing. I'm enjoying how like pitiful my life is here and how empty it is compared to how full my life is in New York. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think, but at the same time, I, I am, I have like I fantasies of like what my LA life will be like, but it's hard with when you move here and like start the job instantly because there's mm-hmm. not much time to do it. Uh, so like I have like Saturdays and Sundays, but it's like, oh, I have to record the podcast and I have to like get to like run my seven errands before I can actually relax. So then by the time you're done, you have like six hours to do whatever. Yeah. That's my hot take. But I actually think we should bring in our guest because he's going through the exact same thing. Um, well, you know, after we've, after we've, uh, sort of talked about how much your new life, Socks, I think it's time to talk to one of your coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> so this guest is my coworker and actually what's crazy is he lived in Bushwick as well and we had never met until we worked together on the Paramount lot. Crazy. Crazy. So please welcome to the podcast Ismail Lufti. Lutfi. Yay. I said it wrong. Lutfi. Lutfi. Okay. okay. I'm going to say it different. Ready? Please welcome to the podcast Ismail Lutfi. <laughs> hey guys. Woo. Ah, hey george what's up bitch what's up ismail do you relate to my feeling do you disagree with my feeling no we have the exact same feeling about being i used to live here years ago in la and i hated it a lot it was one of the worst times of my life i was deeply sad depressed (laughs) i got on i got on ssris that didn't help i was so freaking sad and then I got a job in New York, went to New York, best time of my life. And now we're, now we're back. Wow. And it, and it you know what it is? It, you're not entitled mm. and neither am I. Wow. Well, we are in a way, but, a way. but just by virtue of being Americans, we're entitled, <laughs> but creatively it's like, it's like we're done. It's like, you know, Rome. Of course. The, the, yeah, the empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still around in some capacity. Sure. Yeah. I've heard For- it wasn't built in a day. 
That's where I heard I'm, all the roads lead to that's it. That's where I'm going. Yeah. So you have these centurions. They're like the legion, they're like the soldiers. Okay. But they're not doing it 24 seven. Right. They're farmers. They're all farmers, and that's their life. They love farming. Mm-hmm. They have a wife. In your case, <laughs> some some gay guy. Some gay guy. <laughs> some gay guy. Yeah. Which would have been accepted. Would have been, been celebrated. Been celebrated, honestly. And you just want to make your farm really nice, but your job is sometimes you have to go to Gaul and kill a bunch of French people. Yeah. And that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. We're, we're on the front lines. We have our armor. We don't want to die. No. God, but no. this is what you have to do to be able to go back to your farm and, and build it up and be nice. And our farm is Bushwick. Our farm is Bushwick. <laughs> <laughs> Where in Bushwick did you live? Oh, can you not? Are you scared? Oh, I mean, to I, say I, that? I'm not. I was off the DeKalb. I'm off the DeKalb. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. I have I'm right never, next to you. Yeah. All right. Relax. <laughs> I've what? never felt more not in the room <laughs> than I do now. <laughs> Well, okay. dude, we're in right. Gaul right now. You're, yeah. you're in, sorry. In, you're enjoying your farm. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to speak for the listeners and say that there th- this LA thing. Here's what I, here's what I have to say about here's what I have to say about this whole thing. All right. So people move to LA. Anytime there's a change, anytime someone goes through a change, of course the beginning is difficult. But if you move to Denver, if you move to Boulder, if you move to Boston, whatever, you sort of have to like get on with it and like figure out your life. But the thing with LA is that it actually encourages everyone to sort of wallow in their own um like it, to, to sort of not to be like, no, of course I'm not entitled. I'm just off balance spiritually <laughs> and I have to like go to a retreat or whatever. So with LA, actually, you just stay in that slightly off place and you're like, what mm. is it? Like, do I need to join a cult? Mm. Do I need to start going to Orange Theory? So true. Like, yeah. do I need to get some work done? So it almost, I would say LA almost thrives on that. It's like sure. you have to prolong that initial two week period where you feel off and have that become basically your entire personality. And then mm-hmm. you're officially an Angelino. I think True. also in Los Angeles, what I'm struggling with is I keep wanting to like reinvent, like I want to be like a new person, but it's like all the things I would do, like I'm, I'm, I'm limited right now in like, um, like, so it's like the weekend and I'm like, okay, Friday night, like, where are we going? And now I'm like, right now I'm sober against my will. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll like have a tasteful dinner with someone and then go to bed at 10 PM. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well that kind of, and then it's like, okay, well then, tomorrow I'll like because I'll be awake so early maybe I'll like work out in this like weird capacity like a a bigger workout than I normally would do and then it's like well I can't really I also am not really allowed to work out because of my health issues you have a lot of excuses (laughs) preventing you from making any changes (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's kind of perfect (laughs) it does seem like maybe your problems actually have more to do with your unrelated health issues than with Los Angeles. <laughs> but yeah, where did, where did the health I'm issues, getting. where did they happen? In Los Angeles. Uh, yes. And you know what you should get for that? Acupuncture. <laughs> Woo! Reiki. I'm going to get some Reiki. Reiki for my damn kidney. You should get some Reiki. Mm. Damn. Yeah, it's definitely, there's something sad about it because it also feels like everyone is in it here. You know what I mean? In what? Everyone is... It's just the Hollywoodness of LA is just it seeps into everybody's pores. Like every janitor, every teacher, everyone has it kind of. Totally. You know what it is? It's like, you know how, you know how like the definition of neoliberalism is like, the logics of the market dominating every part of life. Mm. The in in Los Angeles, it's the the logics of entertainment dominating yes, every part exactly. of life. Like it is a specific kind mm-hmm. of Los Angeles ideology. I think that makes LA the most evil city in America. 
Wow. Of the four. LA, DC, New York, and San Francisco. Sometimes I think San Francisco actually makes me feel more evil. It's it's up there. I think it goes LA, SF, DC, New York, in my opinion, in terms of evil. In wow. That's how I view. I'll, I, okay. DC similar, though. Everyone in DC is kind of like talking about Connor yeah. Lamb. Yeah. And like politicians no one cares about. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like, I love being in DC because people will be like, did you know Megan McCain lives there? And yeah. Like, yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah exactly. That's cool. Yeah. Well, also, they have their own micro celebrities. Like, everyone there, it's like how everyone in Hollywood knows the name. Like, no one in the real world knows the name of the woman who played Priscilla in Priscilla, but everyone in Hollywood <laughs> is like, she's doing really big things. And similarly, yeah. there are like mayors and senators and governors that's sort of only have name recognition in, in D.C. and nowhere else, even in their home state. Wow. Who's the actress that plays Priscilla? I don't know her name. We <laughs> I don't live in Los Angeles. Long we yeah, we long long Do you guys know it? No, I have we'll no I would say knowing that actress is actually a great, it's like literally the divide between working in Hollywood and not working in Hollywood <laughs> is knowing that actress's name. <laughs> I have literally Googled it multiple times to be like, mm. wait, I know Jake, I know Jacob Bellardi is Elvis, but who's the, the titular Priscilla? And each time I say, oh, her, couldn't tell you. Wow. She's having a big year, though. What she else is, is she in? Good for her. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know, that's actually toxic that she's the star of a film. And I'm like, but what else is she in? Uh, I'm like, that's already that big enough. Yeah. That's fucked up. Well, you're just looking out for her. It's not clearly it's not enough right. because we don't know what her name is. So she needs to actually move on to the next one. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. She's going to be name, like household recognition. And then in like five years, we'll be like, yeah, Priscilla was fucking amazing. Yeah. Her start at Priscilla really. I, I was there. I was there on Priscilla. I'm going to delete this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's proof that I wasn't there. Are you scared that CBS is going to hear that you're unhappy and something bad will happen to you? <laughs> um, no, because it's not the job I'm unhappy with. I think uh, we've talked about this where it's like the job is actually the fun part. Yes. We like go to work and it's like we enjoy the job. And it's very fun, George. It's very fun, George. It's a fun job. Well, I'm really happy you guys are having a great time. <laughs> it's only when we leave work that the spiraling starts. Yeah, totally. And then it's also, yeah, just like, yeah, I like go home and again, it's, I, I'm wallowing in the set. Like I go home and I watch Survivor and I know that that is a bummer and yet I do it every night. Like there's something about being like, this is a bummer and I'm doing it. This is like mm -hmm. what, what you guys are describing is like why Silicon Valley companies in the early 2010s like started having all those perks is because everyone would like move to San Francisco from, you know, going to Yale or whatever. And then like they'd be they, taking the tech shuttle to the Google campus and they'd be like so depressed after work. So then Google was like, we're going to get trampolines. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually do That's think totally we work on the Paramount lot and it's like, can't you guys paint a wall a fun it's color? It's so sad. It's the everything is the beige. depressing. <laughs> it's it crazy. feels like a concentration camp. It's really sad. <laughs> Everything's you guys are concrete. not meeting the entitlement <laughs> allegations, I fear. <laughs> the food is terrible. The food sucks. No, I actually have a They whip us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could make me paint the wall and I would be happy. I would love to. I would love to paint a wall. It's crazy to see tourists like in buses, they'll come through the lot and I'm like, what are you looking at? Well, literally, it's what a is a sad it place? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like, it's truly three weeks and so jaded. You're like coming out of the office to the tourists. You're like, all of this is fake. This town is a lie. No, I, I have been 
I've been bad about that. Like one time an Uber picked me up from work and he was like, man, you're living my dream working at the Paramount lot every day. And I was like, it's not as good as it looks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's so sad. I think I clicked don't talk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to nip this in the bud. And I think it's time to do our first segment. No, we're kidding. We're playing heightened versions of ourselves. Yeah, totally. We're so of humble course. and grateful. No, I'm of so course, grateful. Yeah, it's the best. It's it's the best thing I've done. That job in is that ter- true? In terms of like going in and feeling happy and not wanting to blow my brains out at work. That's true. I like yeah. being there. I, I like, like being. I like being there. It's fun. I have a huge update. The actress's name is Kaylee Spaney. I've never heard that. Both of the names are spelled wrong. You can't be named C A I L E E. (laughs) That's tough. Was she that bitch in Pearl? (laughs) She was not that bitch in Pearl. (laughs) Because isn't that Mia Goth? Yeah. Or was she the one in Smile? Who's the one in Smile? No, the one in Smile is Kevin Bacon's daughter, Sozie Bacon. Sozie Bacon. Get a grip. Get a life. These names. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I think Kaylee's biggest problem, other than that her unfortunately face is unmemorable, is that <laughs> she spells it C A I L E E. Okay, I have a question really quick before we do the first segment. George, was that okay. too much? Were we complaining too much? Because in my mind it was funny, but then I was like, mm, maybe it is too much. Listen, do I think everyone listening to it will be like, damn, I'm so glad they're finally saying all this? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. It it honestly might be. But we have to be honest. It might be. In this industry. People would probably prefer if we were shitting on everything and then also being like the job sucked. Oh. That would help probably. It's it's kind of maybe more annoying that we're like, oh, but the work is well. That's so the thing. Fun. That's the thing that's because true. you guys okay. are saying you're saying the job is so fun. You're saying you're working at the Paramount lot, and then you are just sort of complaining about a general ennui. <laughs> I think if you came in and you were like, you came in and you were like, you know, they fucking moved us here. It's underpaid. It's non-union. Our boss sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like every yeah. day we get physically assaulted. You know, people <laughs> potentially would be a little more. Um, <laughs> A little more on your side. <laughs> so they're not on the side I, of the walls need to be painted a better color? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think they're on the side of we have big Hollywood jobs and we don't like the aesthetics of the office. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Well, you know, it's you, you live long enough to become the villain, you know? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. 
Yeah, so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Okay, Ismail, our first uh, segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we will ask you a series of rapid fire questions that's basically this thing or this other thing to gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture. The only rule is you can't ask any follow up questions or we will scream at you so loudly that mm. your LA ennui will be justified. Um, but I, I, I fear that if I really play you, along and just answer everything correctly, like, quickly that'll not be fun that's i mean i'm proud of you for not asking a question and i think i'm that's really proud of you for not a- asking a question yeah i that i was like oh no he's gonna immediately come out at a loss but you knew but, exactly what you were doing and i think mm-hmm. that's a reasonable fear and that's part of life you know yeah maybe lean into that okay yeah yeah totally yeah sit with that all right mm-hmm. um Sam, go ahead okay ismail sayings that are kink shaming or bangs that are face framing Bangs. Bangs that are face framing. Okay. I'm just a girl or my name is Earl. Mm. I'm just a girl. Okay. Touched by an angel or caressed specifically by Chris Angel. <laughs> Chris Angel caressed. <laughs> okay. Easy. Lying <laughs> about your checkered past or flying the flag at half mast. Lying about your checkered past. Oh, wow. Okay. May, December or January Jones. May, May December. May December. Wow. May okay. December. Being weak on foreign policy mm. or looking chic and causing jealousy. <laughs> I mean, looking chic. Of course. Looking chic, easy. Okay. The ladies of the canyon or that one lady, Jane Campion. Mm. I I don't know either of what those mean, but Jane Campion sounds like a cooler thing. <laughs> Correct. Oh, nice. <laughs> Way to support female filmmakers. Okay, Ismail. Mm. Burying the lead or marrying to breed? Oh. Mm. Marrying to breed. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, curveball. That's amazing. So we rate our guests on a scale of one to 1,000 doves. And um, I think, you know, I was so impressed that you sort of addressed the issues in the game head on up top, but didn't change your performance. I I found that to be really groundbreaking. So I'm going to go 923 doves. Wow. You actually got two more points than 
than our guest <laughs> yesterday, I, think, I believe. <laughs> but who's Sam is really, he, yeah. I'm in the Sam, 20s. Really, I'm that, very in 920s. That, that 920s range is really where you thrive. Where yeah. you what was the last, the, can I ask questions now? Yeah, I guess actually you can. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the segment's over. What was the last guest dove count? 921. And I'm 923. I think it was 921. Yeah. Or 923. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that's yeah. sort of the space we're in right now. That's great. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. 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 Did you... F- I've, I really liked how calmly you answered. I mm. feel like it was... You thought about it just enough. You didn't put a whole show of... I know. Overthinking it and pretending that it's more deep than it is. Yeah. But you also took it seriously. Yep. You took it seriously. You I, engaged um, with it. I hate people that like overdo stuff Mm. that's just fun Mm. not to talk about our job again (laughs) there's a lot of that going on that really makes me mad a lot of like oh interesting (sighs) name names yeah please like there's a lot of yeah when he when he was on he couldn't he couldn't answer a single question that that was confusing to me it was and it's exactly what you're saying george in terms of like it's a fucking game it's a silly Mm -hmm. game and every single prompt he was like um, (laughs) it's like we wrote we like you know what to say literally read you know what to say read the words on the paper stop acting like this is crazy this is not crazy he was like i I don't want to get canceled. And it was like, how could you get canceled from this? Oh, I actually have. I think we need to retire. I know we also do it too ironically when it's like, oh, I don't want to. But we need to retire all forms of like prefacing something by saying, I don't want to get canceled. It's awful. And I think I'm not. I think we don't preface things with like, I don't want to get canceled. I do think I preface things with like, does this make me unlikable? Mm -hmm. Which is more of a realistic question. Yeah, it it shows it's just self aware as yeah. opposed to the canceling thing. Is it's like it, it's the opposite of self aware. It's like you're not in a it's position to get canceled. Who are yeah. you? You're also like over. You? Yeah, you're overestimating your own importance. You're engaging with what's going on at such a remove. Like you're not get. We're having a conversation. No one's getting canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's you know what they need to learn. What I learned when I was in college and afraid to come out of the closet, the the getting that canceled that mm. no one that no one's thinking about you. Like that's right. Getting canceled is just a dot in the wall of life. <laughs> also, anyone who's gonna say something that will legitimately somehow get them canceled, they're not gonna preface anything by saying, "I hope this doesn't get me canceled." Yeah. Any like if you yeah. just if you're a guy who's gonna say the n word, <laughs> you just say it. Like you're not you're not scared of of a room of people being offended. I mean, it would be sort of funny if someone in a stand-up special <laughs> said, oh, I hope this does not, I hope this is okay to say. No, that could be and an then entirely... Just said the N-word. <laughs> that could be a groundbreaking new tone because so many people are like, it's more challenging. It's like, what, are you going to cancel me? Yeah. And then they do it. But I think sort of the wondering and then continuing forward could be brand new. Uh, you know, I'll say, yeah. I, I actually agree. I'll agree with that. I'll say, I generally speaking, I am tired of sort of like, you know, Joe Rogan, edgelord comedy, whatever, you know, Ricky Gervais, all that stuff. But actually doing a full special where the entire performance <laughs> piece is you honestly like speaking in the tone of someone that's like at a, you know, gay straight alliance meeting. <laughs> But then you say the most offensive thing after <laughs> after prefacing everything would be very funny. So I would like to challenge maybe Ricky Gervais or one of those yeah, totally. one of those illustrious comedians to to attempt that. Yeah, I think that's the way to be fresh, huh? Mm. Hmm. Um, 
Should we get into the topic? I think we have to. I mean, well, we've run out of everything else to talk about. We 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 hit complain about job, complain mm. about LA, um, cancel Segment culture, and complain about job again. <laughs> yeah, complain about job again. <laughs> yeah, what what other blessings can we sort of shit on that we have? Um, well, Ismail, what is your topic today? I think I teased it a little bit earlier, but you did. You did, and I noticed that. I did history notice buffs, that. history buffs, um, knowing things about places in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, being a guy who knows stuff about things, what about um, politics, about but specifically about places and history. What do you think is straight about knowing things about places and history? Uh, I was saying it earlier. I think it's there's something about uh, the way that it affects your ego that I think is specific to straight men that we feel like we're showing off by knowing stuff about a thing or history or a date in a way that's, it's very unique to us because we do it and I do it. I'm a big guy that does that. Yeah. You brought up the Roman empire immediately. And, and I do it and I know as I'm doing it, that none of the people listening care, but as I'm doing it, I'm feeling kind of good. It's it makes me feel good and eat like strong, smart, strong. It's an interesting double-edged sword because I feel like Gladius. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of Roman sword. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, it's a gladius because I feel like it's not it has the reputation of being bad. It's like it has the reputation of like eye rolly, straight guy, of yeah. course. And yet they still do it. It's mm-hmm. it's an interesting like like girls don't like it like I know and yet it is is done all the time still but I also think you're I think about that often with when people do some when straight men specifically do something that is so like iconically made fun of like think of a straight guy (laughs) literally wearing a fedora or like playing (laughs) the ukulele like things that have been so we've decided so long ago that those things are lame or cringe or whatever Mm -hmm. and i I think we overestimate how much that makes it to that part of the population. Like, I don't think a guy that True. starts talking about the Roman Empire is thinking to himself, I know this is annoying, but I still think it's interesting enough that I'm going to bring it up. I think he is completely oblivious to the fact that behind his back, there are all these conversations happening about how annoying it is when he brings up the Roman Empire. To be um, totally upfront, was it annoying that I brought up the Roman Empire immediately? I, I wasn't no. doing it to, to service the meme. I, I was... <laughs> I was trying to make a comparison between our jobs and no, I find, you no, know, I, we use the uh, tools we have uh, in our tool belt. I, I did I, not find it annoying. I did at not all. find it annoying at all. It was in the service of a, of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I was and it was exp- foreshadowing your topic. That's so that you're just it. being good at your job of being a podcast. Yeah. yeah. I actually found that great. Okay, great. And I, I kind of felt like you were character building. Exactly. You were sort of letting us know who you were. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's tough. I think I, I, so I'm thinking about also like, so you were watching the game. We were doing the intro and you said, well, that's good because I'm watching the game. Mm -hmm. It's actually surprising to me when straight guys do straight guy stuff, because (laughs) to me, it's sort of like, well, don't you know, don't you know that that's, I think I. It's uh, it's so on the nose. But then gay guys, I, when we are being gay guys, I'm always like, oh, we're doing the gay guy thing. Like when we're listening to yeah. Dua Lipa and talking about Houdini, I'm like, oh, we're being well, gay Houdini guys. Houdini a gay guy thing? I, I under- <laughs> <laughs> no, Houdini is a Dua Lipa song. No, Houdini oh. is a single by Dua Lipa. <laughs> 
I'm like, what? Gay guys love magic. Houdini. Oh, that's so well. Funny. To even say like watching the game is on the nose, it's like it so betrays how much of a bubble you and I live in. Watching the game is not on the nose. Watching the game is literally the default. Like at any given time, <laughs> most people in the world are watching the game, and we just happen to not be. So we're like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> well, I also think, and maybe this is again the bubble. I this is, and I'm, guess what? Ring the New York versus LA alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like straight guys in LA are much more comfortable saying where they're going to watch the game, where straight guys in New York still want to cling to an alt straight identity. Mm. <laughs> I mean, again, <laughs> I do think that might just be you living in Bushwick and knowing only comedians. I think many yeah, straight I don't know guys if in I New York are watching the game. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are being crazy. <laughs> I was with straight guys at the shower today and literally everyone was talking about the game and it, with no sense of like irony or like, haha, mm-hmm. look at us. We're mm-hmm. like supporting our wives and then watching the game. It was just like what life is, is I'm dragged to an event by my wife <laughs> and then I talk, I get to talk about the game with the other husbands that are there mm-hmm. and maybe we'll sneak away to watch some of it on our phones or maybe someone will be like, oh, they scored like during the toasts, let's say. <laughs> sure, and then sure. you get to go home and watch the rest of the game in peace. Yeah. yeah, I think you're you're wrong. Your read on LA and New York this, this time is <laughs> it is incorrect. Damn, I think that's just bad. as much game love here so, as there. I do want to talk a little bit about like about the history. Like, what is it about being a history buff that is straight? There is we've talked about this a lot with past guests, like Sudi Green's topic was information. And we coined, I think Sudi coined the term information doming, which is when you like <laughs> try to, to to just like recount as much information as you can to just prove to someone, I am the one who knows things and you are the one learning them from me. And I do think that is a big part of being history buff. I think another part of it is, you know, it's a sort of like uncontroversial thing that knowing history makes someone smarter, Mm -hmm. much more so even than knowing math or than knowing, than reading a lot of literature. Like it is the thing that people point to most as something that makes you educated almost. And so in a very mathematical way, straight guys are like, great. So I will learn as much as I can about that. And then I will win. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really smart to, to look at it from that angle as a straight, not smart, but like it's strategic because we're Mm -hmm. not to be a history buff again, but we're all in history right now. So it's like oh. a ubiquitous thing that we're just it's if when you know about stuff that's happened, it's easily accessible. Like you can always I, I talk about it. Sure. Sure. And, sure. And, and I'm thinking the thing you said about like how women like don't like it when guys are talking to them about shit like that. I thought about my experiences with my ex-girlfriends and ex-wife, plural ex-wives. He's been married twice. Yeah. And go off. <clears throat> I know. And in in those relationships. There was a lot of talking about the different, you know, the Umayyad Caliphate, you know, you guys know about that. The Abbasid mm-hmm. Caliphate. These are different caliphates of the Muslim world. A lot of talking about that to my ex-girlfriends and ex-wife. And I, when I think about why I did it, I, truly, it, it was because I didn't have other stuff to say. And so a part of me was like, well, I know a lot about this and I'll just ask her, like, do you want to know about? you know, Sultan Harun Rashid, like for a little while and they'll go, uh, and then I'll just start talking about it. And that's like 45 minutes killed like easy. Yeah. And they didn't really care, but they were having fun listening to me just kind of wiggle around because they like me. You sure, know what I mean? Sure. It, we're, we're dating. We're married. Yeah. They're enjoying just hearing me. Do, are they 
picking up on it and like going to ask about it in a week. Like, oh, yeah, that's like that, that the Battle of Yarmulk. Like, no, they're not going to say <laughs> sure. they're not going to remember any of it. But it's just to fill time and to like build um, rapport kind of. That's what I think it is. It's, yep. And it's easy. I don't really have to be showing my personality in any way. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Angle. It's a way to hide behind. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> yes. it's literally like, well, here's a list of facts. Yeah, well, yeah. And, like, what, and, yeah. and God forbid I run out because then I won't have to say who I voted for. <laughs> yeah, I have to say who I voted for. I have to say how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, because it is. my dad. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's hard. It's interesting to me that you were like funny and into, I, I feel like, um, History facts are so dry and it's so like, to me, people that are addicted to history are like, um, not like a huge LOL convo to have. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, it's funny you say that because a lot of historians are actually really funny people. Oh my God. And I, could, I could give you a list of names. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I actually think there is sort of like a, like there's a sort of quirkiness. Well, there's history humor, history but book. that's different. That's more like, like they love to do those little True. jokes where it's like, yeah, that'd be like if the uh, blah, blah, blah empire mixed with the blah, blah, blah. And, mm. and it would be like, it would be like, what are you saying? And it's like, I'm, I'm saying, I don't like my, Mother-in-law. You know what's funny is even you doing an impression of a guy right there being a history buff turned me off. Like it really annoyed. Me. That's the issue with being a history guy is if there's another history guy around, there were like it's like ma like same magnet. It's kind of similar with like, gay guys to be honest. Enemies, immediate enemies. And yeah. if there's ever another guy who knows stuff, like it's hell. Yeah. Then if I say anything, he's gonna like tag it with like, oh right, and then also in seventeen oh four, then that happened. Yeah. Go, right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then in seventeen oh five, that happened. You know. So it's it's not a good way to be. Yeah. Well, because you, it's sort of there's a thing when it's like, well, when I do it, it's with tact. Exactly. And and then, and then when someone else does it, <laughs> and you're like, well, don't don't think history buffs are like that because that's. Uh, that's not what we're like. I actually do it really tastefully. Exactly. But d I don't know if I do. Mm. Can I tell you something that Ismail did in the office? Please. He, uh, uh, we were going around saying what oh, yeah. our special skills are. And he said, I can draw the entire map of Europe from memory. And Whoa. then did. It's one of my few like really cool things I can do. <laughs> I can draw a really accurate Europe. Damn, With you know orders. who you would love you is my mom. <laughs> I would always be so shamed when I was growing up for not having a good enough sense of geography, which for mm. my mom was like one of the signs of someone being educated and intelligent. Really? And by the way, it was her fault because we moved around. So I never got like a good <laughs> education. <laughs> I would love your mom. I would yeah, love you to should, hang out with we her. should get you guys in touch. Yeah, you guys should link Sifaris, up. Sifaris, uh, Greek? It yeah. is Greek, yes, but it's also a made-up name. We, we could talk about that later. It's okay. a, I shortened my much, much longer and more Greek last name. Got it. Um, yeah. Uh, my dad is a big history buff. A lot of dads are. Yeah. Yes, a lot of dads are. It was like we'd be on vacation and we'd be like, okay, well, while we're on vacation, we're going to go see... The, where the Wright brothers first flew. You know, it's funny. Well, this is the other thing with being yeah. a history buff and why it's so like, you know, 
we're sort of making the argument that it's somehow straight male coded, which can be a bit problematic because you're saying like, well, straight guys are smart and know about things. And then, you know, everyone else sort of doesn't and thinks it's lame to know history. But the thing with, but the thing with being a history buff specifically is like, there is a focus on two things. A, the idea of history as objective fact. Mm -hmm. Like there's actually very little space for alternative histories and history of the oppressed, of oppressed class and, and different perspectives or whatever. And two, basically history as a series of great men. Like that is what a lot of it comes down to is like reading biographies of a military general yeah. and of presidents and being like, oh, well, Winston, Winston Churchill like was so strategic in this, this, and this. Like, so it actually is being a history buff in that specific way only serves to reinforce your own um, ego as a straight man, because you almost are put, are like subconsciously putting yourself in this line of great men. That's You're like, exactly. well, there was Churchill and now there's me. Exactly. <laughs> That's so true. But I, it's funny you said that like your dad would want to go see like the Wright Brothers Museum or something, because I yeah. have absolutely no interest in American history. Really? Most boring topic in the world. I also don't like I American actually geography. have to completely agree. It's, and I must tell a story that I think maybe I've told before which is that one time I had um, someone I went to college with visited Greece over the summer and I was there. And so I was like showing her around and she's a teacher and she was talking to me about the Greek educational system. And she was like, so how did you guys learn history? And I was like, oh, you know, there was like, we did like uh, world history first, then we did European history and then we did Greek history. And that was sort of like how we moved. And of course, Greek history is very long. So it took, you know, a long time, whatever. And I was like explaining that. And she looks at me truly as though I'm like an idiot? And she goes, okay, well, when did you do American history? <laughs> and I was like, we're in Greece. <laughs> like we did it for like a week because in the grand scheme of things, that's how long it is. <laughs> like, yeah, we yes. didn't learn about like the Louisiana purchase in Greek high school. Wait, yeah. you went to high school in Greece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're like, you're Greek as fuck. I'm Greek as fuck. He's nah, Greek nah. as fuck. Nah, that's how you say yes. Nah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is not is actually like not can be a so um doing this to someone is like sort of a offensive thing. It's like do giving them the finger or something. And oftentimes you'll do that and say nah. So they'll be like nah. And so it can be sort of like a negative thing. That's why I'm correcting you so you don't go to a Greek person saying nah and then nah. they're sort of like yeah. Nah. There you go. Damn, yeah, that's crazy though. Yeah. That, that's why but I don't, anyway, but I don't the, like American the, history the American, it's too short. It's too short. Yeah. 1700. But the history buff, the, the specific American history buff is, as you're saying, even more toxic. At least learn about, at the very least, Europe. And then, of course, you know, yeah. you want to sort of open your eyes even further if, For you, sure. if you can handle it. I do think the when it comes to history, specifically battles don't speak to me. Battles get me going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give me the no. Date. Guys love battles. I love the day. I love uh, uh, the combatants on either. How many allies each person had? How many? Like how much cavalry there was? I want to know like what life was like. Like I want like a slice of life. Of, I like, like that too. Yeah, I like that too. When 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 I when when I think of history and when I use it for conversation, I don't think I'm explicitly. Uh, uh, just like you said, talking about like the strong men of history. I think I'm going like mm -hmm. there were every soldier in the Roman army was a farmer mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they were tilling their fields until they were called to the battlefront. So to your point, 
I like to talk, think of it in terms of what they were living like back then. I think that's what's interesting. Sure, sure. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. You know, Sam, in terms of the battles, the obsession with battles, you know, that was sort of the original watching the game is learning about battles. Damn, true. that is and so, so I true. Think there's, there's a real straight line between uh, being into battles and being into the big game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Whereas learning about how people lived is more like, you know, watching a Noah Baumbach film. It's much yeah. more uh, queer. It's much yes. more inclusive. Yeah. And that's all I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Um I okay. I the gay analog or whatever is like it's actresses. Wait, hold on. <laughs> the gay analog to the big game? To no to um history buff. To being a history buff? Yeah. Well, no. I, I mean I I I mean, yes, there's you know, yes, you could be like the gay equivalent is like basically knowing like Oscars trivia. Yeah. I think that that's I feel like at the most true to at me. the most broad. Yeah, at the most broad. I'm trying to think if there's any way to make to give gay people a little more credit and be like, <laughs> is there anything slightly more intellectual that we can be like that's the equivalent of a gay person knowing something? Knowing about furniture. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Honestly, yeah, yeah. It is like knowing about prissy little things. It's like knowing what the four Roman <laughs> That's not are is like, more credit. That's <laughs> way know. less credit. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, I think that's what it is. I think the gay equivalent is knowing like is knowing different architect different like designers but i think that's not i think actually there's a misconception whereas i think straight guys actually do know which battles were fought when i think they actually do care and i actually think gay guys don't actually know who the designer of that chair is and i think gay guys don't actually know like the runway history of blah 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 like they just have a, a <laughs> an unearned sense of uh of like i know this i mean you know what i'm gonna say what i think that might just be the gay guys we know no <laughs> many gay guys know about fashion about like which runway was important in what year. i think so few gay guys actually know like if you are in an <laughs> like i'm rarely do i like don't get me wrong our the friends that we hang out with are stupid but but when you hang out with the gay guys outside of that circle, they don't get they actually get dumber a lot of times as well. Mm, I see what you're saying. Like, yes, there's a higher crust, but like but that's like it gets smaller the further up it goes. Of course, of course. I mean, and mm. that's maybe the equivalent of like an intellectual straight guy knowing, I don't know, very deep history. But yeah, exactly. To 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 defend the gays. In this mm. like analogy, where the comparison we're doing, most sure. history buffs and myself included, I don't, I don't think I could tell you the date actually, like the actual date of any battle. Really, I could tell you ballpark for many battles, but just to your credit, it's like, <laughs> like my point, my point being that like, oh, gay guys don't actually know all the design. I don't think most history buffs really know anything other than like va a vague sense of like when stuff was happening where and like what life was like. But that's why I think well, Oscars sense, are the biggest uh, comparison. Yeah. I mean, there is a sense in which identifying as a history buff is almost like identifying as an empath. It's a little, the, the lady doth protest too much. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. No one, no self-respecting history enthusiast would like <laughs> have that be the main thing of their personality. Totally. And I would, I would not really be identifying myself as such except that you told me I have of to course, come, come on with a thing. I, w I would not actually call myself a history, but I, I have been called one. 
<laughs> yeah. And in so this, I can't tell if you're like being humble now. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a very confusing. You're trying to distance yourself. Can I ask yourself. you something, Ismail? Please. Like in your, because this is something that I think is a big part of being a history buff is just like the constant consumption of history media. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many history podcasts. Yeah. And, you know, again, biographies of military generals and 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 law. Like the fetishization of like reading the. Oh my God, what's the guy that wrote The Power Broker? Robert, uh, anyway, reading like a 900 page yeah. book of history or a 900 page biography. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking up Power Broker. <laughs> Robert Caro, okay. Yes, like that is, it's almost like you don't even have to digest any any of it, You but you got through 900 pages. So yeah. my question to you is what is your like media, history media consumption like? What is it that makes, how do you maintain your historical knowledge? Wow. Fuck, that's such a good question. I, I mean, I, I think at this point, early, like a decade ago and growing up, it was a lot of reading books that were not maybe 900 page tomes about, you know, Ulysses S. Grant necessarily, mm-hmm. but we're just in this space of like, you know, I'm trying to think of a good, like Augustus by John Williams, which is just about Octavian. Sure. Like that's kind of a good starter for like getting into that shit and now sadly i would say my history information is just for my algorithm is now purely all youtube feeds me is stuff about battles all my instagram is is stuff about like turkish warlords from the 1500s yeah so it's kind of devolved into just whenever i go on my phone i'm learning like one little thing that's nice though i mean i'd much I'll, i'll forget Forget it all. <laughs> I have, I actually have maybe, I have a suggestion for a gay versus straight comparison. Okay. And let me know if, if this rings true. I almost think it's straight to know about older history and gay to know about recent history. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Gay, I think there's something to that. I think you gay know people I mean? love to be like, like, no, you forgot that Tyra Banks put out a single in 2007. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but if, or also, of course, the recent trend of like, how we were unfair to various women in the late nineties, early two thousands. Oh yeah. Yeah. I also feel like if I'm going to talk about something historical with a gay person, historical and not about, and not about, um, celebrities, (laughs) I think it's a safer bet to talk about like the Iraq war than to talk about the Roman empire. Like there's some, there's something and it almost maybe even stems from a narcissism Hmm. of like recent history. The one we lived through is actually more important and more worthy of study. And I'll say this, it, it definitely requires more, um, almost like intellectual bravery to discuss modern history. Uh, yeah, there's there's exactly. less like of a sheen of objectivity to it. Sure, one hundred percent. Sure. Well, it's also there's something almost more progressive about being like, okay, let's talk about the Iraq War so we don't repeat those mistakes or something. Yeah. Whereas the people that are talking about the Roman Empire are by and large like incels. <laughs> 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 like there is something actually. And and please do not write in if you're an if you're a progressive historian. Of course, I know that all history departments are run by you know extre- you know Jimmy Carter types. I get it, <laughs> but at the same time, the people that are hobbyists that are learning about the Roman Empire and learning about like masculinity in ancient Greece are doing so almost as a cover for their own yeah. prejudices. True. Yeah. True. Wow, that's a really beautiful way of looking at it. Thank um, you. Damn. 
I do wonder, I think that brings up an interesting point with, with literal like queer history where mm-hmm. we love to like sort of paint with broad strokes and not know the details in 100%. a way that is like almost really freeing and fun, but only almost. <laughs> well, there's actually, I mean, what it is, it's almost like the other side of the coin of hegemonic historical uh narratives where it's like, okay, so the hegemonic historical narratives are like, it's all great men that made a series of choices that led to democracy and progress. And then the uneducated queer person who wants to have an alternative narrative is like, no, it was women. Period. <laughs> End of discussion. <laughs> yeah. It's Abraham Lincoln was a gay guy. <laughs> yeah, literally. Or it's like the way people will talk about Stonewall without having oh a my God. single, without even perusing the Wikipedia page. No, at this point, Stonewall <laughs> is a mythic space it's like not yes. about what happened at all it's like in such an interesting way i i'm addicted to it yeah because it's there's something so like well you get it's like going for like the emotion behind it rather than what is right. the fact like they're just like well it was there was oppression and then there was liberation and that's all <laughs> totally. you need to know yeah <laughs> wasn't it like there was well, and drawing a connection between like um the joy of you know a queer bar or a queer club or something like drawing a connection between that and then a circuit party where you are going where every (laughs) single person there has an eight pack and is on G and you're like, well, this is, we are part of this great historical narrative and it has all led to this night. History in the making, baby. Um, yeah. That's so funny. Interesting. Hmm. Wow. Mm. I mean, that was pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. I feel like a lot, a lot, (laughs) a lot got said and a lot of it was pretty good. Yeah. Okay, guys <laughs> yeah, love the Iraq right. war. That's yeah, pretty much like Iraq. Love the Iraq. I guess maybe that is just me. <laughs> no, I actually thought that was a smart way of um uh approaching it. That's trying to give I Thank think you. it's I think you're on the nose with trying to give gay guys more credit because I think yeah. that we do uh sometimes try to reduce ourselves to mm-hmm. a little stupid and uh, that's not always the case. And in fact, often not the case. But it's more fun yeah. to be like that. There's something just not cute about about knowing things and saying things that you know. Like it's not. It's just not cute. It's not charming. Yeah. It's not charming. Well, it's not charming unless because like, I mean, unless someone asks you, ask you know. Sometimes I'll. This is my challenge to everyone out there. If you find yourself listing facts, stop and ask yourself, what started this? <laughs> Did I just start talking out of nowhere? Did someone ask me? <sighs> It's a, it's Can I a, just not think of a different thing to say? It's a really good, that's actually an excellent exercise. It's an excellent exercise. I I have done it twice during this recording. Mm-hmm. Wow, where I've s- stopped myself from saying a thing. No, never I, silence yourself around n- us. No, 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 no. <laughs> you wouldn't have wanted to hear it. Has um have have do women ever uh, tell you information? <laughs> uh, <laughs> If Has they, there ever been a notable time when you've been told information by a woman? If they do, I blocked it out. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I mean, of course. Like, I <laughs> I dated a girl from Poland for a long time, and she would tell me a lot of Polish stuff and history about Poland. And you would say that's wrong. Yeah. Go, um, <laughs> mm, interesting. I've read differently. I just saw this YouTube video that said something really yeah. different. No, I've, le- I've learned from women. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> it hurt. It, it oh did hurt. God. Did it kicking and screaming? <laughs> no, it's funny. I actually thought I was gay freshman year of college because I didn't get any pussy. Come through, Macklemore. For real. 
And then I, wow, and you then, are so Macklemore for that. <laughs> yeah. And then when I got older, I realized that not getting pussy is really straight. That's true. And I was like, oh, that's actually normal. <laughs> yeah, totally. Not getting pussy. And then, damn, I can't believe I just said that. I know that hurt. That was kind of wild. Ooh, I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Anyway, you, it's not getting sounded, it. And you said natural. Yeah, the gross part was Thank that it's unnatural. <laughs> it and then shaping your whole, and then sort of shaping your whole politics around that is really what it's all about. Yeah, us. thought you were saying shaping your whole. <laughs> no, not getting pussy and then shaving your hole. <laughs> if uh, you guys could learn more, could be pr- truly proficient in one era of history, what would it be? Or like type of history or even a history of like a specific place. You know what I wish? <laughs> I actually, I know that you guys already shit on like American history, but I feel like everything from like the like 50s through the 90s, I actually don't understand what was going on in America because mm-hmm. it like was never taught and everyone's like doing like little innuendo and little jokes about it. And I'm like, I actually don't understand what's going on. Well, Sam, it's dangerous that you said that because now I want to talk about it for <laughs> a long time. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I uh, wait. In what good sense answer, that you mean? So you mean you're saying post-war, like yeah, like post-World War II? I feel like, like even like watching Oppenheimer, I was like, oh sure. whoa, mm. like I forgot about that this happened. Um, the, like atomic I, bomb. Well, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you're talking post world. I'm talking post, like I'm talking like post. Yeah. Like I think I didn't real, like I knew it was like a big deal. This I'm trying to. I'm like I sound so stupid. I knew the atomic bomb was invented, but I think mm-hmm. I hadn't literally thought about. Oh, it didn't exist. Then it did exist, and that informed politics for the next thirty of years course. or whatever. I yeah. think I was just sort of like. Yes, they invented it, but it was, you know, it's whatever. It, like, stuff's always no, getting invented. Them, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, post-war, like, nuclear war was their climate change. That was what everyone was worried about right. on a daily basis. Right. True. I mean, I watched Oppenheimer. I get it now. And I loved every yeah. second of it. I hated it. We really? did, I have to say, for all Sucked. our... Oh wow! Oh, we both we loved, loved it. We both loved it. Hated it. I just didn't. Care. It was our second favorite movie of the year. <laughs> Whoa! What was number one? Anatomy, Anatomy of a Fall. Fall. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved Anatomy of a Fall. Good. Probably, good. probably top top three for me. Wow! Yeah, really good movie. What was your top one? Uh, I I, I don't know. Maybe Anatomy of a Fall. Actually, now, oh, now, really? that, I'm on, now that I'm on the spot, no pander, pander, pander. I, I, just, pander. I know that there's at least two others that I loved a lot. Last year. What were the other two? I can't, that's what I'm saying. I can't oh, remember. Oh, you can't remember. Can't remember. Uh, it was Priscilla. <laughs> I don't know what. The Whale came out in 2022. Like, oh, I loved The Whale. You loved The Whale? I loved it. No. I rewatched it two nights ago. I cried. No. I well, cried. George famously cried watching it on an airplane. I famously cried watching it, but I do think it was The Altitude because I was no, on the plane. No. It's a beautiful movie. No. It, will, no, it should make that. you cry. <laughs> At the end, well, it certainly like, wants to make you cry. And it does. And it really is trying if hard. you have a heart, I, I cried again. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen. I knew that the, the daughter was going to relent at the very last second and start crying and hug her dad. And it's I still wept. Wow. Did you watch it specifically to feel bad, to like wallow in your sadness of being in L.A.? A little bit. I was with a friend, though. Oh, we were, we were both like, this you, would be kind of funny to just like watch a sad movie and cry together. And we did. You was, popped on the way. Wow. It was great. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Wow. To be that's almost giving a. And sorry for saying when straight guys would like jerk off together. In, uh, <laughs> sort of the adult version of that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, whereas jerking off was the child version. Kind of crazy. Movie that came exactly. Out? Jerking off is for kids and crying is that for is adults. That is weird. Yeah. 
What what other good movie came out last year? I know this is now bad podcasting. No, good. It's um, always good podcasting to be like. It's always what, good. Poor that? things. Uh, uh, May December. Barbie. Oh, May- the holdovers. Uh, some good movies. It's a good year. Yeah. May December was pretty. I really like May yeah, December. May Not as good as Anatomy of a Fall. I'd put it up there for me. Okay, this is boring now. We can't do this. Anymore. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Wait, so do you guys want to, do you, okay, so Sam, your answer is you want to know about America from the 50s <laughs> and the 90s, which is an iconic answer. Ismail, what That's, would your... When you put it like that, it sounds so stupid, but yes. No, no. Okay, I, so... I think um, China from the beginning of yeah. time to now okay. is what I would, I wish I knew everything about China and from a Chinese historian, because mm-hmm. I feel like China is like another planet. Just in terms of a, there's a billion people there, and yeah. Like completely different, like un, like India's a billion people, but they're weirdly related to the West in a way. Like we have a similar language family. Like there's some connections. China's like just been different forever, and has existed in its own. Has no connection to the Roman Empire, no connection to Western civilization whatsoever, and is just its own thing forever. And I don't know too much about it, and that makes me sad. <laughs> I love I love I love China. I want to know more about it. Wow. And it scares me. China scares me as a as a concept. Well, it's so, so large. It's just it's huge. quite large. And there's a billion of them. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> JK kind of. But damn. George, am I going to get canceled? <laughs> um, am I going to get canceled for this? George, what's your answer? I mean, not to be all I mean, I guess I have a few all of my answers are very like Howard's in. <laughs> I'm like, I want to know more about like the specifics of American foreign policy destroying the Middle East. I want to know more about native history. And then the more self-serving one is I want to know more about contemporary Greek history, like from post-war to now, because I feel like all of everything we were taught in school was about ancient Greece because everyone was fetishizing ancient Greece because that was the last time Greece was number one. And I'm like, all right, let's see, like, how did we get here? When did people stop paying taxes? Like what, what exactly, you know, what happened? I mean, I guess I know a little bit about the Ottoman rule and all that stuff, but I, I would love to know. Good era. I mean, I'm ashamed to say it. I know way more about America than I know about Greece, despite sort of being equally from both of those places. Greece so. gets a good amount of airtime, though. I'd it say. really does. Even in like American schools in a pretty surprising way. But not contemporary Greece. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no. Ancient, yeah, for sure. I mean, I even when we lived in the States, I would ha- you would learn about ancient Greece and ancient Rome. I mean, and all that stuff. Um, this might be really offensive, but. Greece today, is it, would you say that it's kind of very influenced by... <laughs> I'm so curious. I know, is it, it's very influenced by like the Slavic uh, nations around it, that it's sort of lost some I mean, of I think that's what the thing, I don't want to misspeak, but I potency. think to me, growing up there, I think there's always this push and pull of Greece being this small, like... Balkan country, let's Mm -hmm. say, and then also having ambitions to be a quote unquote serious European country. Like there is this almost like almost the anxiety of like someone in the middle class who wants to be upper class. Like Greece just wants to be as, you know, stable and rich and whatever as like, you know, France, Germany, whatever. And yet it has, it is just this small country with a small economy. Mm -hmm. The main industry is like 
shipping and tourism. It exp- it doesn't have, even compared to other small countries, compared to, I mean, think about Italy, which is also a small country, how m- many, like, car companies and fashion companies right. and like food and whatever is there. It's like, what do you, what does Greece export? Like yogurt <laughs> and olive oil. Anyway. But so Greece at the sense, same time, it, it has yeah. like definitely based on its geography, done a pretty good job of like standing out just on a cultural level. Like when people say I'm going to Greece, no one imagines like, Oh, you're going to pass over Bosnia and Herzegovina and Sure, it's, Serb- it's like, much no more imagines clear. that it's in Eastern Europe because it just kind of like beat those charges somehow. Well, it also <laughs> is just such a, like, what you imagine when you imagine Greece is so specific. It's like people imagine the Parthenon and they yeah. imagine like islands and beautiful beaches. And it will always have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good job, Greece. Good job, Greece. Good job to yeah, Greece's like, PR. Seriously. Good job to Greece's PR. Damn. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Should we do our final segment? I guess it's time. Yeah. Um, Ismail, our final segment is called shout outs. And in this segment, we give a shout out to anything that we enjoy. Um, so imagine you're at TRL in 2001 shouting out to your squad back home, but about anything that you are liking. Um, and we will go first, of course. Um, can can I we, sarcastically like something? Of course. Totally. You can use this. Uh, however. We're fluent in sarcasm here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually do have one, I think. So okay. I can go. Okay, let's see if I can become even more unlikable in this episode. (laughs) What is up, freaks, losers, and perverts? I want to give a huge shout out to buying a coffee. I, you know, as many know, I'm going into the office these days. Guess what they have in there? Free coffee. You think it's a blessing. You think I can have as much as I want and no one can tell me to stop. But guess what? When it's free, you don't enjoy it as much. It does not feel like a treat. It feels like medicine. And when (laughs) yesterday I was 
walking. And because I also live in Los Angeles, California, and in a neighborhood that's not particularly walkable, um, I can't just walk out the door and go get a coffee like I normally would. And yesterday I was in a different neighborhood and I walked by a coffee shop and I said, I actually haven't bought a coffee in two weeks. And so I bought a coffee and I felt like myself again. I felt like I, I was hearing my favorite song around all my favorite friends. And just because I was paying $4.50 for a small hot coffee, I it tasted better than free coffee and it made me feel like I was in control of my life for once in my life. Um, so buy your coffees. Yes, it's more expensive, but it, sometimes spending money is just worth it. XOXO, wow. Sam. Woo! Wow. Yeah. That was amazing. I relate to that. Yeah. Thank you. I, it's, you really, I really did think office coffee would like change my life and no. it, 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 it bums me out kind of. It's sad. Yeah. There's something sad about b- making a coffee and then drinking it. <laughs> it's, it, it just like takes out the humanity involved in like making a lady with tattoos make it for you. Yeah. Like that for some reason makes, it just feels better. It just feels better. It really does. Um, I have to say, I like the way that I rely on, I need to make my own coffee in the morning to almost feel like I accomplished. It's like the first thing I can say I accomplished Oh, and makes mm. me start my day feeling like I can do a task. Mm. And I actually find that the days that I do just go and buy a coffee, it is more difficult for me to accomplish things later on. (laughs) It's sort of like breaking the seal. See, I have the opposite. Productivity. Where sometimes I, if I make a coffee, then I'm like, okay, well, that was all my productive energy for the day. <laughs> totally. That's actually how I feel about exercising, which oh, is not helpful. Wow. Like where I'm like, I'm finally like in a place where I'm sort of regularly exercising. And then when I go to the gym, I come back and I'm like, oh, phew, that is like enough for today. And it'll be like 10 a.m. Yeah. I think making coffee when I was married did make me feel more like how you're saying, George. Like it made me yeah. feel like I'm doing something for my family. This exactly. An and you're pulling your weight. I'm helping her. I'm helping me. We're both getting energy. But now that I'm alone, it feels sad to make it alone. Mm. Well, I also actually think that might be related to what Sam, what you're saying, because I mean, I know you like buying coffee even in New York, but like, especially now that you're away from your partner, it would be depressing to just make coffee for yourself. Yeah. Horribly so. Yeah. I mean, in New York, okay. I like to buy, I like to make coffee on the weekdays and then buy it on the weekends. That's how I, that's how I have little treats. <laughs> good system. It's a good system. It's a good system. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. I'll go. I'm trying to think what I want to say. Um, what's up, cinephiles out there? That's right. <laughs> this is my second film uh, shout out in three episodes. I want to give a shout out to the filmography of Christopher Guest. I have been, I have, if you are depressed, if you find yourself sad, if you need something to really cheer you up, you got to go on Amazon.com, a company I love, and search Christopher Guest, and you got to stream those films. I, my one blind spot with him was I had never seen A Mighty Wind. I watched it. When I tell you, I actually teared up at the end, despite the fact that the entire movie is so completely, and I say this in a positive way, completely stupid. The humor is stupid. Everyone is so ridiculous. 
ridiculous and cartoonish. And at the end, they stick the emotional landing and there is a kiss and I won't ruin anything. There is a kiss that makes you believe in love again. And I just think every single person involved, you know, I know Jennifer Coolidge now, everyone and their mother is doing a Jennifer Coolidge impression on TikTok. Well, guess what? Some of us were there from day one. And I encourage everyone to go, go watch um, Waiting for Guffman, go watch For Your Consideration, go watch Mighty Wind. That is what true comedy is. And we are starving for it. Let's just say that. Woo! And thank you for adding a dig in your shout out to, if I see a Jennifer Coolidge impression at this point in time, uh, I, I'm my head's gonna explode. Yeah. What made me talk about knowing your history? The fact the current Jennifer Coolidge moment has made me forget that that's not all she does. Like, mm-hmm. yes, that is part of her toolbox is doing that voice and being like spacey and whatever. But she has played like a lot of insane characters and has actually more range than people give her credit for. Yeah. Yeah, the impression is annoying because at this point it feels like she's doing the impression. Yes, it's true. It's yeah. like, what's happening now? Yeah, that's always sad when that happens. Hmm. Um, okay, Ismail, whenever you're ready. Okay. <sighs> what's up, big titty bitches? <laughs> I want to give a shout out to women who keep their husband's last names after getting divorced. Especially oh. if they were white and they were married to an ethnic man and now they just weirdly have an ethnic last name <laughs> and they're just a white girl walking around and maybe people will think they're Arab secretly and it's, it feels like stolen valor a little bit and uh, I think it's cool. I think it's fun and, you know, go off mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I like it a lot. Wow, I can't believe you used our... Like might be a used specific, our- targeting a specific person. I can't believe you used our podcast to dox your ex Life. This is crazy. You know, it's always when we have straight guys on here, the mm. audience is always, you know, sort of torn. <laughs> yeah, you will get hate mail, unfortunately. I want everyone to know we do, I want everyone to know we had a great time and we and we love Ismail. And if you, people will project things onto every time we have a straight guest, they'll be like, Sam and George sounded uncomfortable. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they love to do that. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Sam, I I love you a lot. I've only known you for like a month and a half, but like I feel, I feel like, and I will tell you, you. the feelings mutual. I want to, I want to invite you to do something. Yeah, we should hang out. We We should do something. We should go to a show together. We should do some stuff. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think it'd be fun. After the first week of work, I believe I asked Sam like how the room was, and the first thing he said was, "I made a new friend." Oh, dude, that's great. It's true. Everyone asks. Everyone is like, "Who's in the room?" And then I say Sam, and they go, "Oh, he's so funny." I go, "I know, he's awesome." Wow. Okay, I love that. That's great. All right, get a room. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, George, thanks for guesting on our podcast. This is amazing. Oh my God, it's been an absolute <laughs> honor. And I hope you guys have me back soon. Um, everyone listening at home, I have a show at the Bell House on the second. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, but Ismail, for real, thanks for doing it. And it was a lot of fun. Bye. Don't hate me, people. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Podcast ends now. Want more? Subscribe to our Patreon for two extra episodes a month, Discord access, and more by heading to patreon.com slash stradiolab. And for all our visual learners, free full-length video episodes are available on our YouTube. Now get back to work.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. 